Good morning, friends. I'm glad you could be with me today as we're in God's Word together in the Unfolding the Word ministry. We're in the midst of an extended study of 1 John, as you know, and we're in the fourth chapter now. Today, I want to pick up the reading in verses 11 and 12 of chapter 4 of 1 John. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected within us. In these verses, and in the preceding verses, really, since verse 7, we've been talking about love. We've been talking about that form of love that translates the Greek word agape. It's a selflessness, a self-giving sort of love. It is a love that's defined for us in 1 Corinthians 13, the famous love chapter of the scriptures, because in that chapter, the word love in the English translates the Greek word agape. We've also seen that the core example of what agape is all about, what that type of love is all about, was seen in the Father sending his Son into the world to die for us, seen in the Lord Jesus Christ as he willingly went to the cross to take our sins upon himself to atone for our sin. The Father sending his Son, the Son going to the cross. Selflessness, the giving of our lives for others at the very heart of agape love. And of course, the contrast of that is living for ourselves, selfishness. We ended yesterday by looking at the fact that agape love is both a proof of our salvation as well as a proof of our discipleship. We would not have agape unless we'd turned to Christ to begin with. Because after we repent and believe in the gospel, God pours his love, agape, into us, according to Romans 5. But it also becomes an expression of discipleship. If we say we're growing as disciples and yet are not expressing agape love, there's a contradiction in the picture that emerges out of our lives. Now today, let's build on that issue of expressing agape, because certainly verses 11 and 12 that I read to you underscore the expression of agape to others. Particularly, what God is commanding here is that agape love be reflected within the framework of the church fellowship. Beloved, if God so loved us, so we also ought to love one another. No one's ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us. His love is perfected within us. God wants us to be expressing agape in our dealings with one another. And remember, the one another commands here have to do with relationships within the framework of the church. Now, God certainly wants us to show love beyond the church, but he's particularly focused in these verses on church relationship, the friendships and fellowship between the people. Here's the logic of verse 11. If God so loved us, expressing agape toward us, so ought we to love one another. In other words, if you and I were treated in a certain fashion by God, it only stands to reason that we should respond to other people in the same fashion. If we've been the recipients of agape love, the selflessness of God seen in sending his son into the world, the selflessness of God shown in Jesus Christ's willingness to go to the cross for us, so we ourselves ought to be responding to other people with that agape love that he's poured into us 
responding to them in a selfless manner, a self-giving sort of manner. In fact, it goes so far here in verse 11 as to say, so we ought to love one another. It is our duty to love one another. The word ought translates the concept of duty from the Greek. It's our duty, in light of how we've been dealt with, to in respond to one another in that fashion. I was thinking of Luke chapter 17, verse 10 in this relationship. Listen to these words that Jesus told his disciples. So you also, when you've done all that you were commanded, say, we're simply unworthy servants. We've only done what was our duty. <laughs> the command of agape is our duty. We're servants of the Lord. Certainly children of God, praise God because of what Christ did for us, but still servants of the Lord. He is the master and his command to do agape as we carry it out is to simply do our duty. <laughs> How are you doing on your duty? Are you carrying out that command to love one another? The fact of the matter is, brothers and sisters, a church can only have true fellowship to the degree that the people are expressing agape toward one another. You can't manufacture koinonia, which is the fellowship word in the New Testament. You can't manufacture that with gimmicks. You It's the outgrowth of people determined to put the needs of other people above their own, to love one another as they've been loved by the Father and by the Son and by the Spirit. Our motivation to act this way toward one another within the church is this. God's already acted that way toward us and continues to act that way toward us. Our selflessness simply means a reflection of how we've been treated. And do you see that makes it all the more culpable when it's not being seen because we're making choices not to respond to other people with the same way that God has responded to us. How self-condemning can that be? Selflessness toward one another, agape love toward one another, is rooted in God's agape love for us. He then goes on and he says, If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. Abides in us. In a way, as Brothers and sisters in Christ express agape toward one another. They are creating an incarnation of God within the church. What do I mean by that? Well, we remember the word became flesh and dwelt among us. There's the essence of the incarnation. We see God in the flesh. Expressing agape toward one another as redeemed believers allows the very presence of God to be seen and abide within us in a special way. It's a place where his presence can be seen. So in that sense, it's kind of an incarnation of sorts. I don't want to use that word too loosely because it certainly is not the same thing as the word made flesh and dwelt among us. But nonetheless, the passage tells us that as we express agape love, people will see something of God's presence within us. He will be abiding within us. If we're loving, the presence of God will be unmistakable. But brothers and sisters, if we're not expressing agape, it will not be evident within us. It doesn't matter how much effort we give over to our music. It doesn't matter how emotional we try to make our services. It doesn't matter how 
we seek to express religious duties and activities, nothing compensates for a lack of agape. And the presence of God will not be in the midst of his people apart from the expression of agape. Now, some people think the presence of God is simply an emotional feeling or some goose pimply experience. No, no, no. Uh, you can manufacture those at a rock concert. Now, the real issue is the true presence of God where people come away unmistakably convinced that God is with those people, is seen as they are loving one another with agape love. Here's the deal, and I see it as somewhat of a wonder here. No one has ever seen the Father, as he says. The Son, of course, has, but none of us have seen the Father. But we can see the evidence of the presence of the Father when agape is expressed in the body. God's love, in that sense, is perfected through the agape of the love of the people. His love is perfected in us. Teleo, which means to reach the end or accomplish its purpose. The purpose of God's agape was first to save the lost, but then the purpose of his agape is to have the redeemed expressing that agape to one another so that that becomes central to the witness we make to the world around us, which in turn influences how to save the lost. You see it? Agape is that central to the unfolding plan of God. It's central to our witness to the community in which we find ourselves. And so here's the question that we'll end with today. How many churches show agape perfected within them? How many churches in that sense are demonstrating God abiding with them? I mean, get rid of the services, the music, and all of that type of thing. How many churches are agape expressors? <laughs> that's our goal. That's where I want to be. That's where I want my church to be. I pray that's where you want to be, and that's where you want your church to be. May we grow to become more agape expressors so that God will abide within us and his love perfected within us. It's our duty to do so. Well, join me tomorrow as we'll continue on in study of 1 John chapter 4, and we're going to turn attention to the inner witness of the Holy Spirit about our salvation. God bless.